Welcome back to Reality Asserts Itself. I'm Paul Jay on The Real News Network, and we are back with Lester Ernest, one of the creators of artificial intelligence or machine language, as he would prefer to call it. Thanks again for joining us. My pleasure. So you work at MIT and you're part of a program which is a big fraud. Uh, you're finding crazy stuff going on in the technology with Bomark missiles. Uh, one thing after another, the irrationality of this and, and, and how much of this is driven by profit making, not actually worried about a, a real existential danger from the Soviet Union. What's this do to your own feel, uh, belief system? Well, I was going downhill. Uh, getting more and more frustrated with my job. The people I was working with were good people. They had, most of them, come out of MIT and uh, um, bright, but our, our goals were strangely twisted. When we were working at MIT, the goal, technological goals were stated in advance and we were assessed based on the degree to which we met those goals. Once we went into MITRE, we started using the Defense Department's criteria for success. The goal being to spend all the money in the budget by the end of the fiscal year. And if you did that, you would likely get more uh, whether you accomplished anything or not. It there was no assessment of success or failure uh, other than spending the money. And are, is, by this point, that's your, your understanding of it at this yeah. point, that this is no longer about It wasn't just my nation. understanding. Making, that's the way it actually worked. I believe that, but I'm asking you, that's what you believed at that point, too. Yeah. Yeah, I had to work so toward those goals. So everybody's just cynically involved in all this, making money. Yep, yep. While, while the rest of the population thinks they're about to get blown up. Yep. So uh, that was a real reversal of common sense. And so all of these projects were designed to make money, not to accomplish anything. and. In general, they did not accomplish anything. All right, 1963, 64, you are questioning, I guess, everything you thought was true. Turns out to increasingly be a crock and be about money. True meaning the mission of the United States, the, you know, the mission of the armed forces to defend the country for democracy. Turns out to be, how do we make a lot of money? Um, and the Vietnam, Vietnam War is really starting to unfold. When do you start to really decide that what you've believed in is not true? Well, I knew that I was doing dirty work from way back. And I was being well paid for it. Uh, but I was getting increasingly bothered by the fact that I was costing t taxpayers a lot of money for no good at all. 
and um, this whole thing wasn't going anywhere. So, uh, but I still struggled ahead a while longer. I worked in Los Angeles for several months doing a technological prediction, which was supposed to help the planning. And um, I also criticized the way they had been building systems. They being the armed forces. Correct. But the head guy in our group, a colonel, uh, said, we can't say they're doing things wrong. So he took my report and censored it so that none of that got out. Uh, I then came back to Boston and was recruited to go to Washington, D.C. to work for the Joint Chiefs of Staff um, on designing the so-called Worldwide Military Command and Control System, another giant mess. <laughs> uh, and dealing with the Joint Chiefs and their staff was no more pleasure than dealing with the rest of the folks. One of the first things I realized was that geography to the military commands is different from the rest of the world's view. We draw um, boundaries of countries and counties and states and things. The military have command boundaries, which are quite different. Uh, many commands cover multiple countries. Um, so it's all a very different system. So the first thing I wanted to do was learn about the military geography. So I sent a guy over to the Pentagon to collect that information. And an hour later, I received a call from a colonel, maybe it was a general, uh, saying, get that guy out of here and never send him back. I said, what's the problem? He said, he has a beard. We don't allow anyone with a beard in our office. Uh, so that gave me another insight. <laughs> And we went on from there. I, I lis listened to um, the morning briefings of the Joint Chiefs. Um, they had, it was in a two-story room. They had a balcony enclosed, and the presentation was down below with three display screens. And other lowlifes like me were kept down on the lower level. Uh, and I saw what a fraud that was. <laughs> uh, the, the good stuff came from uh, commercial news sources. The, the intelligence stuff was phony to the core, a lot of it. Some of it was real, but there was a whole lot of phony stuff going through there. Yeah, we learned from our interview with Daniel Ellsberg 
that in 1962-63, the Air Force was telling the President and the country of this enormous missile gap that supposedly the Soviet Union had 40 to 60 ICBMs aimed at the United States. And of course, this required an enormous expenditure to not only close the gap, but to significantly surpass the Soviet Union. Um, the, uh, it was discovered, Ellsberg found out, that they figured out by uh, satellite photography, in, by, I believe it's 62 or 63, that in fact the Soviet Union had four ICBMs. The whole thing was a crock created by the Air Force. In fact, the Army and the Navy had a much more accurate assessment of uh, far, far lower than the 40. Mm -hmm. um, Khrushchev, it turned out, was bluffing that he had parity, nowhere near parity, but the Army and Navy had more or less figured out that, but the Air Force was telling everybody in order to spend enormous amounts of money on, on a whole whack of ICBMs. Yeah. And the other important part of this thing is that if they only have four ICBMs, then how real is this strategy for global domination? Right. It turns out that whole thing's mythology. Uh, do you start to get a sense of that, that this is more uh, about American hege he hegemony than it is about defense? Yeah. It's, uh, it's basically a money-making system. That's what it's about. Um, and uh, has nothing to do with real defense. In the next segment of our interview, we'll talk about how this big fraud helped create the conditions for the Internet. Please join us for the continuation of Reality Asserts Itself with Lester Ernest on The Real News Network.